Hey guys, welcome back. A few things before we get started. Don't forget, we have the Omnia Radiation Balancer. It's a uh, patch you put on any radiating device. It helps harmonize the uh, EMF, the radiation coming in, and turns it into something actually beneficial for you. It balances your energy field. They have patches and pendants, which people seem to love. You can get 10% off all those products with promo code TRUTH, all caps. And if you're looking to try a new CBD, Hopewell Farm CBD, it's some really great stuff. I highly recommend it. They have two sales, uh, 10% off all their products with promo code Journey to Truth 10 or 15% off their 1,000 and 2,000 milligram CBD, which I which is a great deal because that costs a little more being a higher milligram. You get 15% off that with Ultra JTT15. Those links are below. And as always, there's 20% off all of our Teespring merchandise with promo code 20 and back. So tonight is another episode I'm very excited about. We are joined by Billy Carson from Forbidden Knowledge. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, already know who he is. He's been at this a long time. And my favorite thing about him and what he does that makes him stand out to a lot of other people is he's in a situation where he can actually travel the world and has traveled the world and has been to a lot of these ancient sites. So it's not just him regurgitating or sharing information he's read. This is stuff he's had hands-on, boots-on-the-ground experience. And I think that's so cool because there's a lot. I mean, talk about doing research. That's one of the best ways to do it. And if you're in a position where you can do that, I think it's fantastic. And there's a lot to talk about. He just got back from Egypt. So welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So yeah. let's just jump right in. I'm curious. I know you've been to Egypt a few times, mm -hmm. but is there any new uh, information? Any what, what was this last trip like? This was an amazing trip because this was actually my very first tour. In other words, the time, the first time I toured other people. So I had been there three times prior, but I've never toured anybody. I've just gone out with private guards and Egypt, Egyptologists, gone on some dig sites and some, uh, you know, just exploring the ruins and so forth. But this time, I took 65 people on a tour, wow. uh, plus our team, total of 70 people all together. Huge undertaking, one of the largest tours to ever come through Egypt. Uh, and we had to have two full tour buses, military escorts, the whole works. Uh, so for me, this was like the most amazing trip because I got a chance to actually teach on this trip. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. That's that's cool. And you get to go to a lot of places where I don't suspect normal tour guy or tours get to go in, yeah. in, inside some of these structures and pyramids and, and temples or whatever. And I think that's really cool. And I just like the, I, the one question I have is the energies that you feel when you're there. Like, I know they were dealing with a lot of healing technologies and frequencies and stuff. But when you go into, like, let's say the halls of Amenti or even in the pyramids, what does that actually feel like? Yeah, everyone was feeling some type of energy. Uh, people were getting very emotional. A lot of people were crying. Almost every time we went to a site, like people were getting really, really emotional because the energy is just that strong. And it's a combination of two reasons why. The first reason is if you look at these, uh, these, these uh, temples and, and pyramids, they're located directly on top of energy vortexes coming out of the earth, magnetic fields. Mm -hmm. If you take mm -hmm. the USGS.gov uh, magnetic field map and then overlay it on the grid, you'll see temples and pyramids and ancient sites all over the world seem to synchronize or be built directly on top of these things. So you have that natural magnetic flow of energy coming up through the earth. You're there inside of a structure which is built to harmonize that frequency. And a lot of these structures also have uh, magnetized crystal granite inside of them. So you have this resonance that's going on and the energy is real. It's really, you can, it's palpable. You can really feel that energy. Right. And I almost yeah. wonder if there's like, I guess you could say cosmic downloads or however you want to say it, like, like the magnetosphere around the planet is dissipating right now, allowing those cosmic rays in and the, from the mm -hmm. sun and the central sun, the black hole, whatever that's activating our DNA. And I feel like that same energy is replicated within those pyramids. And I think the same thing happens there as far as, I don't know if you can want to call it downloads or whatever you want to call it, activations. I feel like yeah. that's part of the reason people get so emotional and they might even be having like past life memories and stuff come forward. We had people with past life memories. We did meditations inside the great, uh, inside the King's chamber of the great pyramid. 
Um, people were meditating in different temples in the in the uh, Holy of Holies in three different temples. And uh, they were just getting all different types of information. Some people were feeling like they were getting downloads. Some people were open to receive whatever the universe could, could provide. Some people were having epiphanies and now finding their path, their new path on how they were going to walk through life the rest of the way. It was really a life-changing event for the majority of the people. And then at Dendera, we got to go into a place that's been closed for decades. Nobody's allowed in there except for people on the Board of Antiquities. And the temple priest and the person that actually uh, is in charge of that those grounds gave me the key to open the door to take my, uh, my, my team inside. Uh, and let me tell you something. What we saw on the walls was mind-blowing. No cameras allowed. No videotaping allowed. A guard making sure you don't pull your phone out technology on the walls inside of that temple of Isis on the property of the temple of Dendera. Uh, they gave me the key and let me unlock it and open it for myself and then bring everybody in. So it was so it was so powerful. Then outside, there's this underground aquifer where you go down this narrow shaft of staircases that go underneath the sands. And then you get to this cold water and people and then you it's like you self-baptize yourself. Uh, it, it was amazing. People, were, it, their lives will be changed forever after this trip. Wow. And what wow. kind of, and when you say technology on the walls, can you describe it all what you were looking at? Jeds. So they had the Jed, which we know uh, mm -hmm. is like a Tesla coil, picks up wireless electricity. The same kind, if you look out in your neighborhood on your electric pole, the little thing with the, with the little hedge right. lines in it, and then connected to electrical cords or cables that have insulation on them that were then connected to other devices, connected to light bulbs and so forth. So they really had a lot of electricity and electrical devices in ancient times. And also the more proof of this is the fact that we have found now thousands of pieces of electroplated gold from all different eras of the dynastic period and even pre-dynastic. So we know that electricity was used uh, even pre-dynastic during the land when it was called the land of Kim. Yeah, which is where we get alchemy the way right. alchemy comes from and all that. So, man, speaking of that, what fascinates me a lot about the halls of Amenti and the chambers down there, what you would call a regeneration chamber. Apparently there's a, a number of them down there weighing upwards of 80 tons I've heard. And could you explain that and what you've experienced walking around down there, what that was like? And I know yeah. like the show Stargate SG-1, they talk about the sarcophagus that the gold, yeah. gold use, gold. gold use, and it's the exact same thing. It's like a regeneration chamber. Same thing. I mean, that that whole series of Stargate in the movie, they took it from these ancient texts and tablets and, and obviously these ancient sites. Because if you go to the Serapium at Saqqara and go into this underground area, you are in the halls of Amenti that are talked about in the Emerald Tablets. It's uh, This particular one is owned by Ia Enki. Uh, and the, these, this chamber, first of all, the way the halls are shaped, they're literally carved out of the stone underground in a way that doesn't allow the stone to, to collapse, these, these, these specialized halls. So the, the people who work this material had a good understanding of engineering, construction, and this material itself on how to engineer it and how to work it in a way that it won't collapse. That's number one. Number two. The way the tunnel is created and the way the halls are created, they look like they're vitrified rock. Looks like a boring machine. If, if it was modern times, it would be a nuclear boring machine that would go down there and it would cut the rock and vitrify it at the same time so you wouldn't have to excavate anything from there. So, uh, you know, they created this incredible thing. And then also in each one of the halls, there's an 80 to 100 ton sarcophagus inside of each one that could not be maneuvered in there. No, there's no way you can actually get it in there uh, the way that these halls are cut and the angles. There's no way to move something that big into those halls. So they had to be materialized into those, those places. That's the only way to get them there. You know, um, beam me up Scotty type technology teleported into those spots. And then when you go in there, the energy is again, palpable. You can feel the energy. You're talking about crystal granite, I've got inside of these things. There's no bodies, never been any animals or bulls inside of them like the mainstream media tells you. There's obviously, you can clearly see that inside of these things used to be something along with just a sarcophagus. It was some type of technology. And I believe that these are the halls of Amenti that Thoth and his father, uh, Enki, talks about 
where you go in, you put your a body in, and then that body rejuvenates in that chamber, and they would transfer their consciousness from body to body. And the thing that's pretty cool about it is the fact that they have a, like this whole one row of halls underground was only for one person. Both had his own other hall underground underneath the Great Pyramid, which they found those also. And so they would have bodies in each one and they would come back every hundred years and flip out into a new body. And then they said they would walk amongst men, but unlike a man. And so, you know, so they're not cloning or stealing bodies from the streets. They're not stealing our bodies. They have their own bodies that they're hopping into and then and, and walking around. This is crazy stuff, but we're now duplicating the same technology today. Right. I mean, we know cloning is possible, but they're, I mean, they're a master geneticist and who knows what they were doing. Right. And they seem to have much longer lifespans than, I guess, what's that lifespan now? Like 120 years max or something uh, like that? 120 is a max of a human being, 120. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, and we hear these stories from the Bible and ancient cultures of these people living thousands of years. But if you have a technology such as that, or they were actually ETs that just had a longer lifespan, there's so many possibilities. Yeah. But a lot of this ancient technology seems to be coming, becoming relevant again. And the knowledge, it's like we're at a time now where we're able to receive this. Where even like mm -hmm. even a year ago, some of these concepts and ideas uh, the collective wasn't ready for. So I think it's a really exciting time as far as that goes. Oh, for real. I mean, you have right now, now we can bring science facts to people and, and real data points and say, look, DARPA has something called the Avatar Project, which I wrote about in my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. And the DARPA project by, uh, you know, the Avatar Project by DARPA is they're taking uh, a, a soldier who's in an underground bunker somewhere and connecting his consciousness to a field robot and making that symbiotic conscious link. And he controls the field robot from the bunker, hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles away, via satellite uplink. And if the, if the robot is blown up or dies or you know gets, gets destroyed, the soldier's fine. The link is just severed. And that's something they've already achieved. And then you have uh, the 2045 project coming out of Russia, Ray Kurtzwill. And so they've already transferred a monkey's consciousness into a computer. And it thinks it's alive. The body is gone, dead. The monkey's in there eating the bananas, climbing trees. It's alive on the CPU. Really? And they said by 2015, which has already passed, they were going to transfer consciousness into a robot, which they've done that already. And now by 2045, the ultimate goal is to be able to transfer it into, obviously, a cloned uh, avatar, which they're going to do if they haven't done it already. Right. And obviously the movie Avatar shows it, it depicts yeah. exactly that. Yeah. I mean, a little bit different, but it's the same technology. Yeah. This is why the pharaohs were mummifying themselves. People have taken this whole mummification thing completely out of sort. They don't really understand exactly what was going on because they, a lot of people haven't really dug into the text. These pharaohs were promised by the Anunnaki, their handlers, that they were going to be brought back to life in a new body in the third dimension, not in some weird sky boat, other multidimensional. This is why they took all their gold, their cats, their women, their maids, everything, all their riches were buried with them. Now, any person with common sense, even back then, would realize this stuff is not, not going to go to the afterlife with me. So why were they doing it? Because they were told that they would be brought back here in a new body, in a new kingdom, and they'd have all their riches with them. Now, obviously, that never really happened. The whole purpose behind it was to preserve their DNA. That was the purpose. Right. Mm. And uh, that goes back to being the geneticist, right? They, uh, they understood the human potential and the human body much more than we have. And a lot of that's been lost, obviously. And we're, we're at, like, let's face it, like right now, we are technologically advancing, but like the spirituality like when the technology outweighs the spirituality advancement, yeah. then you have a problem. And that's like how all civilizations in history have ultimately failed because yeah. you need to be just or not destroyed themselves. Right. You need yeah. to be more spiritually advanced than technologically advanced, or at least even. Mm -hmm. And I know you've talked about that before, but if you want to add to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. The problem we have right now, for example, we have this AI technology, which has been developed and working already in, in different systems right now. And the problem is, is that the minds that are putting this code together to create the AI software, they're not even conscious. They're not spiritual. 
So the aspects of their consciousness is now being transmitted into the AI software. And as the software, these robots become sentient and have this AI capability, but it's still taking on a fractal of the consciousness of the person that programmed it. So if you're not a conscious person, if you're not a, you know, a ascended consciousness person that understands the power of spirituality versus technology or how to make the two sync and work together effectively, then everything that this AI that they're, they're working with is going to put out, eventually, a lot of it was going to come to darkness because why a dark mind is the mind that programmed it. <clears throat> and so it's going to take on the consciousness of its creator. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this is the problem that we have. So we have to, like you said, we have to get that balance that needs to be there. We have to rise up spiritually so that we can connect with the, uh, you know, meet up to the technology because right now technology is here, spirituality. I don't even know if it's on the map in most cases. Yeah. And so, we, we, you know, we're starting to get better though because I see people waking up all over the world. Well, we got a lot of catching up to, to do to the technology to prevent us from destroying ourselves. Right. And that's absolutely. The, and that's the argument I make a lot. People are demanding this free energy technology that we know has been suppressed and the patents have been suppressed and all this stuff. But at the same time, if, if we're not appreciating this technology and respecting its sacredness and what it's actually capable of, it will be abused and it'll yeah. get into the wrong hands again. Like there's an entire cleanup process I think that needs to happen in, before we can actually integrate this stuff and use it for the benefit of mankind and not to it enslave It can't be us. used for war, it can't be used yeah. for destruction. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything is taken and then militarized, you know? Mm -hmm. How can we weaponize this technology? Right. And that's the first thing that, you know, the military looks for when people submit a patent. Oh, can this be can this be taken into military? Can we, you know, can we can we weaponize this? And then if they can, then they you know, they take it over. They they, they uh, just sequester it and take it over and and then it's over. But we have to get out of that mindset. Everything needs to be looked at. How can it help free the burden of man's labor? And not for capitalism. See, capitalism has dominated the planet. We have to take capitalism out of everything. Not everything, but almost everything. Like it can't, if you have capitalism in, in robotics and AI technology, that's okay. But if the people who it's are losing the jobs to it still have to find a way to earn a living, then it's not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to do the AI, if you're going to do the robots and automated driving and everything else and remove the truck drivers, remove the cashiers from stores, remove this, remove that, okay, do that. But the people that lost those jobs, they then need to be free of having to go to work and their bills and their basic needs should right. always be met. Right. We haven't gotten to that point where we realize that the burden is to be freed by the tech and the AI. Not that we should also now put people out on the street because we're using it for capitalization and a, a multi-billion dollar company becomes a multi-trillion dollar company while the people that lost those jobs are living on the street. Yeah. Or be enslaved by the technology where it's used to track us and keep us right. <laughs> like put chips in, in people and oh I your your money is digital. I can just you can shut it off if you say something we don't like, you don't do what we want you to do, you know, the control aspect, yeah. which is <laughs> unfortunately what it looks like there is an agenda there going on as well yeah. mm -hmm. that's where it's going yeah mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately but I, th I do think that we're seeing a pushback and there is yeah. this awakening People are waking up though there is this mm -hmm. awakening happening and it's like an inevitable process and it's not going to look pretty it's just going to be it's going to be a mess until we eventually evolve and get through this but i want to go back to your time, you've spoken about spending time in Australia with some of the aboriginals. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me because, you know, they they claim to be the first humans seated on this planet. And there's some really ancient and fantastic information coming from those groups of people. Even yeah. there's Egyptian hieroglyphs, Pleiadian hieroglyphs. Like, what did you experience while you were over there? It was amazing. It was during the fires, if you remember those fires that were going on. Um, I had been trying to get to Australia prior to that for like three years, and the fires were getting really close to where these proto-Egyptian hieroglyphs were discovered. And I was like, you know what? I need to get out here before this burns down, at least document it, get my own photos, touch it with my own hands, and just verify it's actually even real. Mm -hmm. So I booked the trip. I raced out there. I got out there. I, I got some guides. I got, you know, we went out into the, uh, into the we got the appro approval from the Aboriginal elders to go out into the area. Uh, and it was an amazing journey. I mean, first you have to hug a tree before you can go in and talk to the tree and say a prayer with the tree. 
And then the guides, uh, they had to call out to a bird and the bird had to respond. We had to wait for the bird to respond. We had to sage ourselves with, with fresh leaves from the bush and, and all this stuff. It was a, an amazing transformational journey. And then after going miles out into the outback, we come across this, um, this makeshift proto-Egyptian ancient uh, temple. The roof had been long collapsed. And on one side is Egyptian hieroglyphs. On the other side is Pleiadian. Nobody to date has deciphered these Pleiadian glyphs. Uh, the aboriginals there, they said these are Pleiadian. Nobody will be able to decipher them. What's incredible, though, is that it shows that what looks like a mothership with a whole bunch of little UFOs coming out. Mm. And now both sides of this have been dated back to as much as 5,000 years because of the growth in between the crevices of the glyphs. That's biological material. And so that was able to be dated. And so the dates are confirmed. The glyphs have been confirmed by the Board of Antiquities, a proto-Egyptian glyphs by the Board of Antiquities of Egypt, the Cairo Museum. We have that verified now. So we know that these are real proto-Egyptian, you know, pre-dynastic era hieroglyphs in Australia. And the Aboriginal said that the, the reason why they're there is because the Egyptians were coming here to learn knowledge and wisdom from the Aboriginal elders. They were coming to get knowledge and wisdom. And so they were, there was an exchange there of some sort with knowledge and wisdom. Uh, and it only stopped about 500 years ago because two Egyptians came across uh, to talk to them. And then somehow they were there's some they have a lot of sacred stones. They showed us some sacred stones that they said, if you touch this stone, like, for example, one of the stones, if you touch it, you would die. Hmm. Uh, and these stones were incredible. They were multi-layered metallic, different types of different types of uh, of alloys. But they, these Egyptians had stolen two sacred stones. And so from that point forward, they were banished from ever coming back. And they had never come back since that time. Mm. Yeah. Wow. The, the Pleiadian history there. Uh, Uluru, you're familiar with Uluru, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's that rock is sacred within itself. And it's said to come from the stars. And there's like a Pleiadian history surrounding that. And if not, who knows what else? But there's so much more over there than I think people right. understand. And there's a lot of a lot of I think our true origins might even stem from there. Obviously, there Africa, you know, it depends on where you want to look. But I think we have different groups of you can even say they're ETs. I don't know all over the planet they originated in one spot, but I feel like they had technology to move around freely like we don't today. And then we somehow lost that technology and kind of regressed back into more the primitive Stone Age we're, we're familiar with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and the um. The elders there, you know, they claim to have, like you said, have been seated here, the first people ever seated on this planet, but not the only people, and that Earth is an abandoned seed colony. Oh, mm. I have heard that before, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, they're an abandoned seed colony. I've also, I'd like to get your thoughts on the uh, holographic universe concept, mm -hmm. because that's something that we hear more and more, and things really do appear to be a simulation sometimes, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's interesting. The Aboriginals also talked about that. They call it sleepy time and that uh, we're in a state of sleepy time in the third dimension, that this isn't this world isn't real. Uh, and that when you die, you wake up. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. It's kind of a take on the holographic universe, which I have a book coming out soon called Fractal Holographic Universe. And where I'm talking about the fact that if you look at the fundamental structure of the actual ether of space-time itself that we're living in, this soup that we're living in, that creates this known universe, it's actually fractal and holographic by nature. Fractal meaning if you take the smallest part of one piece, you can see the whole in it. And you can step that down into from many different levels and hermetic principles, as above, so below, you know, and there's so many ways to analyze and look at it. But when you look at a, a light matrix, and you take a tiny piece out of an image, you'll find the whole image in the smallest piece. The only thing you lose is resolution. In quantum physics, we discovered that the, at the very core of nature, everything is made of light. And when you analyze the smallest particle, you can see the whole in the smallest piece. So they realize now that we're living in a light matrix, a matrix of light, and we're fully immersed in it. And that solidity is actually an illusion. Solidity is slowed light waves, light waves that have been slowed down to give the illusion of solidity and electromagnetic forces repelling each other to give the illusion of separation. There actually is no separation. Everything is all still connected. 
and everything exists as a wave of light until a conscious observer collapses those light waves into solid matter or the illusion of solid matter. So it's pretty interesting. People will write in ancient times in the Bible and all these other texts that say we're living in a creation. The method of the creation is actually a light matrix. Yeah, and it's really yeah. interesting because I've seen like really advanced holographic technology displayed at like conferences or wherever. And the latest one I saw was this iguana that was so realistic, you sh it felt like you should be able to reach out and touch it. And it was actually able to affect the environment around it by appearing to eat an insect off of a plant and the plant would actually move. Wow. And it was so physical, you should have been able to touch it, but your hand goes through it. But it's mm. created by the light waves and they explain how it's literally just a trick of the light that makes it appear. And it, so we're talking about the same stuff being recreated now on a smaller scale. Yeah, much smaller scale. And they found a way now to make holograms that can actually have physical touch. In other words, the, the, the electromagnetic field around the photons now can affect what we consider to be physical reality. So all of a sudden now, you'll in the future, you'll be able to shake hands with a hologram. You know? You'll be able to touch it without your hand penetrating it. Because the only thing that really stops your hand from penetrating something is repulsion. So you, if you look at your hand, you go, wow, I can see my hand. But actuality, we know that atoms are 99.999% empty space. So if you should be able to put your hand right through the table that you're sitting at, what stops your hand from going through the table is repulsion of electromagnetic forces. So they found a way to, inter to tune that part of the hologram up to get a hologram to actually interact with, with us and with structures and with things around it in the real world. So pretty interesting. Yeah, and that yeah, kind of that's amazing. reminds me of yeah. the what the Project Bluebeam technology that yeah. we what, that we hear about. Yeah, uh, it's all out there, and yeah, be a tangible hologram. That's actually scary thinking about what it they're is. capable of, <laughs> oh, and man. and how they yeah. can deceive us on even like like mainstream media. You don't know what you're looking at anymore. Like yeah, they have all these deep fake technologies, and you don't know if this person's computer generated. Are they a clone? Are they a hologram? <laughs> It's really hard to really trust in what you see these days. That's why it's Listen, cool. If they want to, they can bring a savior back. And it'll appear to have all these powers and all the knowledge in the world, whatever Google's tapped into, right, on the internet. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be able to regurgitate all this stuff, and it'll look like it's got all the, it can fly and whatever. But it's just, you know, technology. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's what, well, that's, um, you know, ETs in the past have been it's been mistaken as gods and as magic when it's just yep. advanced technology that those civilizations didn't understand because they're primitive yep and that's the interpretation and even now like you know uh think of how advanced so many ets are that if they would come here we would we would think of them as angels or as yep. doing magic because we just so many people don't have an understanding of of uh, what's possible yeah what's yeah. possible exactly yeah. it's just it's just higher technology that's it exactly yep. it right well and that's all that's like i've heard you talk about before like us being in a mental prison and, and our yeah. thought patterns and how they trap us and mm -hmm. like how we're like the whole goal right now is to break free from that and move forward and step into your power and take you know take all that back and i'd like to get into that a little bit because you know of the dna activations and what's happening right now what do you what do you see taking place? Well, you know, I am noticing because I started, you know, working on this uh, this field of of a consciousness or, or whatever you want to call it. You know, tech, understanding technologies and everything else, and and paranormal and spiritual and aliens and all that. That started for me back in the seventies, and so oh, wow. I've seen this gradual process of people, uh, of course, not being able to even talk to anybody about it, and then this gradual process over time of eventually. Uh, seeing conspiracy VHS tapes and talking to people in quiet and private, and then things moving into cassette tapes and then DVDs and then, uh, you know, eventually into web forums, then websites, now blogs and mainstream TV. Yeah. So I've seen this elevation, this constant flow up. I'm like, wow, it really is taking hold. I mean, I'm talking about the stuff on mainstream TV. Now I'm on the Travel Channel, the History Channel, Discovery Channel, Science Channel talking about aliens and consciousness. So I could see that it is changing. Times are changing. 
for us, it seems like it's moving so slow because human beings have a very short uh, lifespan. But on geological timescales, it's been like less than a blink of an eye. And so we're moving very, very rapidly in the right direction, I should say. Uh, and, and so it's a good thing. It's just that we have to be, all of us will get more, we'll get frustrated from time to time because it's not happening as fast as we want, or some people aren't seeing it, or different groups of people aren't catching on quick enough. But this is where we have to exercise patience and understanding. And we have to also then begin to realize that people are getting enlightened at different phases with this cosmic shift right now. And some people are getting enlightened based on their DNA coding in different areas. And so what I like about this, though, is I can learn from everyone. Why? Because everybody has a small piece of the puzzle. And then I'm able to take that those pieces and put together a masterpiece of a painting. So if we look at everybody as if this person doesn't know what I know, so they must be dumb or they're not woke yet, that's the wrong way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Instead, right. we have to look at people like, what do they know that I don't know yet? Right. Maybe they don't know what I know yet. Now, it's my job to impart that to them. And then for me to try to extract from them what I don't know yet, there's something that they've got, a jewel that I've maybe been looking for, they might have it. And if we look at it that way, I think we'll we'll begin to even move a little bit faster. Beautifully, Beautifully said. said. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I've, I've said it all the time. Everyone has something to say. Everyone has a piece of the puzzle. And when we go to these conferences and stuff, you know, it's always about the presenters, but everyone in the audience is there because they have had an experience and they're going through an awakening. And there's no doubt that each one of them could get on stage and share something profound that they've experienced. And we had, we just have to give everyone the opportunity to share that. And we can't just freeze people in time because they're not where you're at. And we have to lose that. And we were mentality. once there also yeah. at one point in time, yeah. you know, right. Everyone's where they're at in their path. Like that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I'd like to talk about what's happening right now with the masculine feminine imbalance, because this is something that is actually really important. You know, they've been attacking the alpha male. Uh, They've taken all the women out of power. And, you know, you've discussed this before. You have men who have been making all the decisions on this planet for a long time, and we're way out of balance. And I would like to get your thoughts on like what you see there and how we can kind of get that back where it needs to be. Yeah. There's a significant attack on masculinity, and I mean, it's hardcore. And the thing that is kind of messed up about it is hard to even talk about it the way that you really would like to, because then it can be it can be misconstrued and then all of a sudden you get attacked. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a very touchy topic, as we all know. Um, and heterosexuality is being attacked. And so it's almost like if you have heterosexual pride, then that's like you're, you know, it's a knock against others when actually it's not. I mean, to be honest with you, without heterosexuals, the others wouldn't exist. You wouldn't be producing them for you. Right. Exactly. You should be, you should love us. You should be happy for us. You should be encouraging us. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, And so even the, uh, the way that the, the, the whole thing has gone with the attack on masculinity and I identify this, I identify as that, that's all fine. But don't forget about us because the heterosexual people are the ones that are helping produce new people that you can now, have, you know, be a part of your community. Uh, so if you eradicate us, then where's the reproduction going to come goes from? There goes the civilization. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. So, I mean, there's got to be even that's out of balance. They don't even I don't think they realize that. Oh, wait a minute. We need them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. The attack has been pretty brutal. And between that, the microplastic, the poisonings and all the foods and everything else, the hormones have shifted and male testosterone, testosterone has gone down significantly. And we're looking at a world right now where men are literally struggling for their own identity to find out and know who, they're, who they actually are. And it's starting from a very early age and even earlier and earlier in age, as we can see now, people starting to get confused at, in their preteens as to who they really are. And so um, it's a delicate topic, a delicate situation, um, you know, and also then we have the other end of the spectrum where uh, at the tops of a lot of the major corporations uh, that have the billions of dollars or trillions of dollars to lobby with government to get laws and rules put in place that damage the world and damage the safety of human beings on this planet, as well as all the wars that are going on consistently around the planet, all being ordered by men. Rich men that never leave their office, but send all the poor people out in their nice, fancy military suits to die. 
And so, you know, we've got to realize, man, there's something way off here. We got this end of the spectrum and that end of the spectrum. We don't have anything really in the middle. And so that balance needs to be brought back. It just came from, from Cairo, like I said. You can see the masculine energy there is so strong. Women have been completely oppressed. And, you know, it's just now they're trying to beautify it a little bit. But, boy, it's still way off. Everything is still brown. And that's not because they only have the color paint of brown. It's because it's like a giant bachelor pad. It has gotten a lot cleaner in the last couple of years, but man, it's still a rough place to be around for myself. Well, I'm used to being very clean environments. And so you realize, wow, there's the masculinity that's overthrown the woman's, the feminine energy. And because the balance is gone, you can visibly see it on the outside. It's like it's overflowed out into the third dimensional reality. And so we have two paradigms. One paradigm is the paradigm is attacked on the masculine and and feminine energy uh, is kind of, that's not real feminine energy. It's a fake feminine energy, right. but it's being pushed hard. And then the other spectrum, it's just straight do- domination and control. The balance is way off. It's like so toxic, to really work. Hmm? Toxic, mascu- toxic version of masculinity, toxic yes. version of femininity. Correct. Of exactly. That's, yeah. what I, that's exactly what I wanted to say. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And so we have to find a way to balance this. And the only thing we can do is continue to work to educate and talk but also have still have to find a way to have respect for both sides and find a ways, find really ingenious ways to reach them where they are. Because as I'm getting better and learning more and more, you know, I went to MIT for neuroscience and it's really not to work on brains, it's to understand how brains work. And I'm starting to realize, okay, to turn, to tap into specific groups of people, I need to understand them better and I have to figure out where, where they are consciously what's their main focus what's their main agenda how they how do they operate and what are their triggers and what are their pluses the things that don't trigger them but actually excite them so that i can learn how to maneuver my way in and tap into that and work my way into this gradual seed dropping process so that i can eventually see where they're going and maybe nudge them in in directions and kind of time travel that way where i'm nudging somebody in a direction or a group of people in a specific direction not being able to see the outcome at this moment, but I know that in the future, my consciousness has traveled out and is creating a whole nother reality, a whole nother paradigm in the future. It could be 10, 15, it could be 20 years. So we have to become more, we have to become scientists. I mean, I hate to really say it, we have to become, we have to understand how to talk to people, how to deal with people, how to get to them on their level, where they are, how to, how to have, how to communicate with them, not in a fake way, in a realistic way where it's a it's face-to-face, we're operating, we're, we're communicating, and we're sharing information back and forth, and we're imparting both of our, you know, both of people are imparting what their feelings and emotions are, but that we're doing it in a way that eventually maybe we can, we can control some of the outcomes, and we can we can get them to see some of our perspective, and we can see also some of their perspective as well. It's going to be a lot of give and take to get this balance of feminine energy back, real true feminine energy, not toxic feminine, but real true feminine. We have to get it back, and it's going to first start with us respecting women understanding that all men came from a womb. Nobody came from magic stardust. We came from a womb. Now, we're all made of stardust, but there's no sky daddy riding around with a magic wand going, here's another man, here's a man, and here's a woman coming out of his rib and all this other crazy stuff. We really got to understand, we came out of them. They They should be considered the goddesses of the planet, and we should listen to them more, and we should heed to them more. You know, when I was in Hapjetsut's temple in in, uh, Egypt, Hapjetsut was a king, a pharaoh, a woman that ruled as a man. Uh, And she did it under under the auspices of that her father was a god and she had the right to rule. And the people bought into it and she pretended to be a man. But she had the most amazing reign over Egypt that no other pharaoh had. Changed things, reinvented things, created new trade routes, defeated enemies brought wisdom and teaching and arts and crafts and everything else, uh, farming, and just just completely flipped the whole country around in her reign. And then when a man came back in and went back straight to domination, war, dirt, control, you know, so we have to bring that feminine energy back. Right. You just pick that mic up and drop it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And you're so right about the womb because the womb is like the closest connection, the closest thing to source and creation that we have and it's so sacred and that's gotten obviously suppressed as well and sacred sexuality and all that stuff 
has all been suppressed for a reason, you know, obviously for the dark controllers, but that has to come back. And that's what like all this ancient knowledge in every ancient civilization, there were women, there's these priestesses that we hear about and these goddesses and what happened? What happened now that we don't have any type of uh, structure like that anymore. And we need to get back to that. And I, I fully agree because we see what happened to humanity by letting men in suits make all the decisions of yeah. based off their own greed. Man, that's crazy. All mm -hmm. the domination, all the we bring democracy to every country, right? Yeah. <laughs> democracy. Once we bring democracy, it's just dust left behind, you know, and people living in, in tents and huts. Yeah. Yeah. That was also yeah. well said. I want to shift gears just a little bit. And I want to talk about space and uh, life on other planets in our solar system. I think this is something real. Obviously, we're told there's no life on Mars and, and Pluto and all this stuff. But there, if you go back and look at some old photos, you can even find evidence of it. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, like we should be expecting to not run into ETs, but even humans or humanoids on other planets. And I'd just like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Oh, there's life right above our heads everywhere. You know, they keep saying, oh, we found this exoplanet 20 million light years away orbiting a star in the Goldilocks zone. And it's got everything it needs potentially for life and blah, 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 blah. And then you sit back and you daydream, man, I wonder if there's people on that planet. Meanwhile, right above our heads, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Ceres, which is the next planet after Mars that never talk about most fresh water on Earth, more fresh water on that planet than on Earth. Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, um, the, the moons of Saturn, the moons of Jupiter, there's life right above our heads. And I'm not talking about microscopic viruses or bacteria. I'm talking about people. Yeah. I'm talking about actual people. There's images that have come down from the, um, the, uh, the NASA servers, the Caltech servers, University of Washington servers. Um, you know, all these different servers that, ho that house a lot of the rover and uh, the, the, the global surveyor data that have gone to Mars. We've now spent, between us and Russia, trillions of dollars going to Mars. Not because it's a cold, dry rock, but because it's an actual habitable place with life and remnants of ancient technology. And the reason why they keep it a secret is because they want to scoop up as much of this ancient tech as they can, which is more advanced than what we have on, on Earth. Uh, or had on Earth, uh, and they are looking to probably reverse engineer some of it, capitalize on it, weaponize it, monetize it, whatever you can think of. And if they tell us it's up there, then we're going to want a piece of it. We're going to want to know what kind of tech it is. We're going to want to know if there's life up there, and are we violating that life? So in order to keep it hush-hush, uh, move everything into private corporations, shut down NASA. NASA is just an observer, uh, but the, the other companies are the ones who really do the exploring now. When mm -hmm. the private corporations explore, we can't get a Freedom of Information Act now. Right. We can't get into their records. So everything is hush, hush, you know. Uh, and so now they can go do all this exploration without telling us exactly what's going on, how it's going on. Uh, they send us back some photos to keep us satisfied. They try to obfuscate some of the images, but it's so much stuff up there, they can't even obfuscate all of it. And yeah. the stuff that we've cataloged over the years is just incredible. It's now been well over a million images downloaded over 60,000 anomalies coming off these rovers and, and, and satellites. Uh, and it's showing one main thing, that there's evidence of past and present life on Mars. Not only Mars, Mercury. I've put up images of structures on Venus coming from USGS.gov. I provide all the links to all my stuff, you guys know. And it's just amazing that all this is up there right above our heads. And uh, they keep talking about 20 million light years away there might be something out there. Right. Or we get yeah. this like half-ass UFO disclosure on the news. Right. And, and yeah, the same little fuzzy tic-tac over and over yeah. and over again. Over and over. And we, we don't know what it is. What is it? Yeah. yeah. It's well, a joke. It's a joke. They're mocking us. And they're, yeah. and they're not going to blackmail themselves. They're not going to tell yeah. on themselves. And also that. And so they're, they're trying to release the stuff in a way to make it seem like, oh, we just discovered this. They don't want to say, oh, but it's this... a threat. So give us more money so yeah. we can. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's the whole threat narrative. Mm -hmm. Oh, be afraid yeah. of these scary UFOs yeah. that we have no idea what they are. So we need more of your money. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's the play. That's the money play. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
this isn't something I was planning on going, a direction I was planning on going, but what are your thoughts on what's happening financially on this planet? And do you see like a collapse or happening and where are we moving as far as that goes? Yeah, it's pretty interesting right now because it's such a question mark as to day by day what's going to happen. You know, they're saying that we're going to be in a recession, all the big time experts, but we're already in a recession. So, yeah, you know, I saw, exactly. I'm scratching my head. I saw a, fa- a funny quote by um, Rashad from Earn Your Leisure. He said, saying that, you know, there's going to be a recession while we're in a recession is like standing in water and saying that you're getting wet or something. It was so real, real funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's red, like I'm standing in the ocean and it's raining on me. Yeah, he made a funny quote, That's but um, Rashad Bilal. But it's just like, man, I mean, we're in a recession. So what do you mean there's one coming? I think that there's some type of major scoop up or buy up that's getting ready to happen by billionaires and rich people. So they figured out, you know what? We can really push this thing to the max with the fear factor because the stock market is based on emotions. It runs purely on emotion. It runs on nothing else. Yeah. Pure emotion. And so since it runs on emotion, if they keep pushing the fear button, fear button, fear button, it's going to dip. Mm. So they're looking for the big buyback. So they're waiting for it to get to its ultimate level to where they can go. Now it's time to buy everything wholesale. We're getting it dirt cheap. Peanuts. They buy up, buy up, buy up, buy up, buy up. Then they say, oh, everything's great again. The world is looking. Everything's phenomenal. And then here comes the numbers again. And now they just clean up. They've now made maybe trillions of dollars. So it's this mind. It's just they're playing a Jedi mind trick with the stock market. Right. Crashing it based on fear and then bringing it back up based on hype. And I travel nonstop, as you guys know. I'm everywhere. I'm At any given moment, I could be anywhere on the globe. I, I literally travel. Last year, I spent six months in hotels, to give you an idea. Six months in hotels. That's great. And everywhere I go, people are spending money like crazy. Flights are full. First class is full. Business class is full. Booked out. Five-star hotels is all I stay in. They're always full. They're always maxed out all over the world. Everywhere I go, if you go to the mall down the street, it's packed right now with people. They're buying stuff like you wouldn't believe. I don't see the recession like people are seeing this recession. Are people out here struggling? I believe people are struggling. Are gas prices high? Single parents struggling? Yes. People with, you know, with basic jobs making minimum wage or middle income jobs? Yes. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people here making making a lot of money. And so this thing, this whole stock market thing is really a lot of fear hype, uh, fear mongering. And they're going to bring it back with hype. So I think that they're making a, a dip on purpose so they can buy, buy, buy. And then they're going to bring it back roaring into the next election. Yeah, obviously, there's yeah. political agenda behind it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always that. Uh but I also wonder, like, like the current currency that we have, like, it's not really sustainable. It's more of an illusion no. than anything. It's like, fiat. it's yeah, fiat. It's, so I would. They can just print it forever. And. But I wonder, yeah, like, moving in moving into the future, like the new Earth, like we talk about, you would have to see that like completely collapse and something else take its place. And I wonder what that would look like. Well, you know, I've been hypothesizing on what that would look like for a long time, and what I come up with is this. A society where money really doesn't exist is based on a certain type of a credit system, not credit like your credit report, but credits like you have a certain number of credits, like you may get 10 credits here, or 15 credits there for doing something or maybe to go on two, three weeks trip to, to see the rings of Saturn. But the, the, the way that I see it moving into the future, if let's say let's say we were going into a golden age, this monetary all monetary systems will completely collapse. Spirituality would catch up to technology. Technology would then be used to free the burden of man. The right parameters and the right kind of programming would be going into tech and and AI to give it the capability of thinking more consciously and not dark, more light than dark. And then freeing the burden of man from almost all types of jobs, with the exception of jobs that are specialized skill sets that you can't really give to an AI or robot or that would only accent or help or assist so that the way your status, your new status will be in your civilization or in life will be how good you are at what you do. And then working in these particular fields that do need people would be optional and that people would volunteer for this like they volunteer on Star Trek. Those people get paid zero dollars, but they're passionate about it because they are passionate about what they're doing, that exploration. And then you would have people that have the option to then 
travel, do learn arts, learn music, different languages, see the world, uh, and those kind of things, and then still have a specific number of hours that they have to volunteer every month to do this and to do that. So I'm thinking it's more of a a, a moneyless society, and only maybe there's certain levels of credits that you get for how much service of others you do, and then service to others that you do, and then uh, your ranking will be based on how good you are at what you do. And so that would be an interesting society to be a part of. Sounds like a much better system than we currently have, that's for yeah. sure. Right. It's more of, it's more, like you said, but if, and in balance with nature as well, right. we're not destroying it's, our environment. Like we're not destroying each other. Like it's a lifestyle it's, that people want to help. It actually and makes work. sense. You don't, yeah. you're not working because you have to pay your bills and pay your water bill. And like, exactly. otherwise your electric's going to get shut off. Yeah. Like you're working because to survive essentially. And that's it. You'll be, you'll be now working to contribute and yeah. to a community that is going to grow and become beautiful and in harmony with right. nature and thriving because everyone's on the same page and working together instead of divided and arguing and hating each other and trying yeah. to one up each other, you know, right. it's, that's where we need to go. And I agree. I agree. It's going to look, it would have to look something like that along those lines. Yeah. Uh, eventually it's a, it's a, transition but i think we're on our way like you yeah, said we're, we're in the right get direction. there we're, we're definitely going to get there it's only it's only a matter of time right i agree i agree agreed um this wouldn't be an interview with you if we didn't at least mention the emerald tablets yeah. uh <laughs> because oh, yeah. i know that's your forte and you've written a book about it and a lot of that the reason i even want to bring it up is because the knowledge in those tablets is becoming relevant now and like I said earlier, it's a, we're at a time, we're in a time where I think people are ready to receive that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. You know, the Emerald Tablets are really powerful. It's written 36,000 years ago, but it's written, written for our time, our people, the people that are here on the planet right now, this exact moment. This is a moment of time that it was written for. It was written, it was a, a time capsule of knowledge that was just waiting for us to arrive here. And now we're here. And uh, some of us have been here many times waiting for this to arrive at the uh, the epiphany of the knowledge. And the epiphany of the knowledge now has arrived and is telling us how to live, how to be of one another, how to be of service to others. The secret of life is loving yourself and loving one another. The power is with inside all of us. Every single person is divine. Every single person has divinity within them. Every single person is eternal. This is the message from the tablets. It goes against all conventional religious thinking and it turns it around and says inside out instead of outside in. And it talks about the capabilities and the powers that we all have and our ability to even travel to multiple and higher dimensions and to even learn how to incarnate at will. So it's really powerful, powerful stuff. And that's why I had to really analyze it, break it down and write a book about it because I don't think a lot of people were recognizing recognizing what the tablets truly were saying on a deeper level, it's really our key to unlocking the movement toward, as a civilization, the movement towards a golden age. And mm-hmm. that's why I, I had to write the book. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating because we're having, I mean, it talks about, like you said, everything, the human potential, stuff that we should be capable of that was basically robbed from us by these religions, right? Well, yeah. it's stuff Jesus actually taught. He, he he so he got it got um changed by by twisted. the system. He got twisted yeah twisted yeah he didn't he he didn't preach he was the savior or you need a savior or i mean sorry if i'm offending christians but i'm sorry he didn't that's not what jesus taught it got, telling the truth got twisted. Man. there you go i and, put jesus's words side by side to thoth's words in the animal tablets so that people can see the ver- and i list the verses so they can go mm-hmm. back and do it themselves so go find right. out guys what he's talking about He's saying the same thing that was said 36,000 years ago. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. And I, I think like a lot of the civilizations right now are held back by those religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And yep. because it's, yep. you know, there's a lot of great things within religions, but there's a lid on it. And it only allows you to go so far where I guess you could say spirituality, if you wanted, that can take you in infinite amount of places you're not restrained by any beliefs but if you're expecting a savior or you're giving your power away to a savior outside of you then you're completely disempowered mm-hmm. yep and then you can't you're waiting you're yes. sitting around waiting for the sky daddy to arrive 
Yeah. Right. You know? and, and and it's also relinquished us of, of taking responsibility for our own actions. Right. It's right. a big, big problem that we have on this planet. Yes. Everybody wants to go, oh, man, it wasn't me. The devil made me do it. Oh, please forgive me. And now I'm good again. Oh, and then I'm good again. And then I'm good again. And, and you don't ever learn. Cycle. You don't ever grow. It's a, yeah. You just yeah. get stuck in that that loop. Yeah. And then they're happy with that. Come on. That's not growth. That's just that's just pimping the system. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, it's true. Everyone that and that's why we can't have some of this technology, because if you give people a healing technology, the the healing journey goes away. People don't go on that self-discovery journey because now they can go hop in the med bed and heal themselves and go make the same mistake again. And you're not learning lessons anymore and you're not right. growing and you are only here for our soul's evolution. And if you're going to introduce something like that, that's going to slow that down. It doesn't make any sense. That's why we have to, yeah. it's a process. This is why there's a prime directive with these beings interacting with us because of what you just said. Coming here and interacting on a massive scale, massively with everybody, like just landing in front of your yard and walking and knocking on your door and saying, hey, I'm here. That is a process that's reserved for when we arrive as a fully grown being. In other words, we're only really one entity. And you know, the separation is an illusion. And we're learning, we're trying to learn how to crawl as a species on this planet. We're barely walking. We will walk and eventually we will run. And it's going to get messy because as you learn to walk, you fall, you get up, you fall. Walking is just a series of controlled falls. But when we learn how to walk properly and maybe even begin to jog a little bit, that's when the open communication will occur. There's a prime directive. We're not ready yet for these interactions. No. And I think it does happen individually to certain people. Yes, it does. Yeah. and Oh, it's been for forever. For <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But on, on a, a mass, mass scale, scale, though, scale. they're waiting for us. They're waiting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, but it has to happen individually. So individuals can wake up, receive those codes, get the messages. And whether or not you're out there preaching it or not, you're, it, it affects your frequency and your resonance. And when you go around, you're affecting civilization and you're, everyone that you meet. And there's this ripple effect. And like you said, it might not, you might not be able to see it now, but 15, 20 years from now, something that you did or a conversation that you might have had, you don't know how you're what what you're steering a timeline or where you're steering uh the future of civilization, right. you know. And and for people that doubt that, look at Plato. Plato wrote the Timius and the Critias based on an account of Atlantis a very long time ago. And based on Plato's work at the Timius and Critias, I just did a whole one hour and a half lecture in front of 400 people in Colorado just a few weeks ago, based off of what he said hundreds of years ago. So the effect of what you're saying now, what the work you're putting in, the energy you're putting into something now and dropping those seeds now, it travels far into the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, that, well, that's why we, that's the importance of planting the seed always, yeah. always, right. even, you know, you see where someone is at sometimes and you know, they're like, I can start talking about all this stuff and I'll just sound like a crazy person. <laughs> but what you can do is gauge where that person's at and then you could meet them on their level and give them a nugget of information that might help steer the direct steer them in a positive direction. And a lot of times that starts with, you know, suggesting a different diet, maybe, or just something simple that they can grasp. Because obviously, like you said earlier, the foods play a huge part in the pollution of our mind and put this in that mental prison. And they start those subconscious thought patterns that keep us looping over and over. Mm -hmm. And it just you have to meet Everyone is different. You, you know, you can't just go out there with a fire hose and shoot everybody down saying aliens are real. Right. <laughs> you know, you have to meet them where they're yeah. at. And I think well, you can do that. Right. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go go Alex Jones and everyone. Yeah. 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 You're right, though. You, you hit it right on the head. You have to find a way to meet people at their level and drop the seeds. So many people, they get begin to get some knowledge and they want to go. Everybody they want to go boom, 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 boom. And they go, nobody likes me. But yeah. it's not, it's the way you're presenting the information. It doesn't work that way. You have to give people only what they can swallow. And a lot of people can't swallow that much. So you got to give them small tidbits amount. You got to spoon feed them a little bit at a time. Then wait for them to come back and ask you a question in about two weeks. They'll come back and then give them a little bit, not just a little tiny bit more. And you gradually, you bring them along. And I've done this for so many people now. And I've got people who are 
you know, hardcore religious people that didn't believe this and that. And I was worshiping the devil. And now, you know, they got my books. They're coming to my events. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. they like the content. Yeah. They're researching on their own. And so, but it was a gradual, very slow and tedious process to get them there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's extremely important. It's extremely important to do that. I feel like everyone, like I said, everyone's eventually going to have a piece of the puzzle. So don't count anyone out. Yeah. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the big thing. I, it's so hard to walk around and see these people and like not count them out because sometimes you wonder. My, my super Christian dad watches ancient aliens now. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's obsessed with it. Yeah. That's, that's huge. A huge step. I couldn't believe it when I, I was like, what? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if my dad can get, start watching ancient aliens and be interested and he, yeah, and I talked to him about it. He's, he's like, yeah, man, get, like there has to be life all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. For God to just, he still has the, you know, yeah, God that's and okay, Jesus. That's his, yeah, that's okay. That's where he's at. Yeah, yeah that's where his mind but, is at. But, but that's he's okay. Like, that's, that's pretty good. But, he, but he's getting, the, he's like, why would God just make life on this one planet in this vast, <laughs> universe? like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. exactly. And then he, he sees when they talk about all the ancient structures and how there's evidence of ancient civilizations that were advanced. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, of course, of course there were. That's well, obvious. And like, because there's the inner knowing within all of us. And yeah. when you open it yourself up to it, it's you just you're almost remembering it. And it's not so yes. much like learning it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. it for real. And we have to also, this is something I see a lot of people do, is we get to a place where people get to a place where they think they know. They think they know something, but you can't. I don't think we ever actually know. Like once you think you know something, there's a whole another level to it that needs to be unlocked and there a higher level of understanding. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that like, we're never going to reach the finish line. I think yeah. it's a constant journey, a constant awakening. Yeah, it is constant. It's always, it's a never ending journey of learning and growth. Uh, and as like Thoth says in the animal tablets, the ultimate knowledge is unutterable. You can't even speak it. Mm, yeah. There you go. Bingo. There you go. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to touch on or anything else you'd like to cover before we start wrapping this up? Um, I just like to tell everybody, you know, that's listening to this. Uh, you know, we talked about a little bit of doom and gloom with a little bit of ascension and wisdom and knowledge. Just keep in mind that everything is a process. Uh, we're not fear mongering or trying to scare you. We're just trying to wake people up to the reality that's around us so that we can become more aware and understanding, like, hey. Some of the things we're doing in certain ways aren't right. We have to make some changes. We have to teach our children better because they're the future generations. They're the ones who are going to be making this, the decisions in the future. We have to bring them up a certain way. We don't want to beat them down with dogma, but we want to give them an opportunity to become researchers and learn and ask questions and be intuitive and give them an option to see things both ways so they can make their own decision. And hopefully going into the future, we can have a new generation of people in positions of power making decisions on this planet that really matter, pressing the right magic buttons behind the right doors to free up the veil, uh, lift the veil and free humanity. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. I agree. And it, it just starts with the children always. That's that's right. actually the most important topic right now. And if you're if you have little star seeds around you, I always, you know, you always pay attention to them. They have something to teach us too. Yeah. And it uh can you please let people know uh, where they can find your book and any projects you have, anything you have coming up? Yeah, definitely. My books are on Amazon and also on Forbidden Knowledge with the number four, forbiddenknowledge.com. Uh, you can get them there. If you go with a forbiddenknowledge.com, you can use coupon code forbidden for B-I-D-D-E-N. Uh, and also I have my Forbidden Knowledge TV, which is now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, the iOS App Store, Google Play, and the web. Forbidden Knowledge TV. It's got over 6,000 streaming shows up there. And my newest documentary, which has just got its first uh, acceptance into a um uh, award is uh, the Black Knight Satellite Beyond the Signal. You got to check that out. I'm talking about an ancient satellite that's been orbiting Earth for an estimated 11 to 13,000 years. And it's a cast of 20 of us researchers, scientists, phys physicists, uh, archaeologists, uh, historians digging into this information and trying to see, is it real? Is it fake? What is it? And what does it mean? So you got to check that out as well. 
Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Definitely and check that I, out. I wasn't aware of that, but I will definitely. And that's on Forbidden Knowledge TV or Forbidden Knowledge TV. You can get the app. You can watch it for free. You get a free three day trial. Just get the app on your phone or any iPad or tablet, uh, Samsung, Android or, or Apple, and uh, you can watch it for free. Yeah, that's great. And we'll have all those. We'll put the links below for anyone listening. Thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Uh, we covered a lot yeah. in a short amount of time, yeah. uh, but it was guys. always it. It was yeah. fantastic. It was and amazing. Uh, yeah, it really was. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we some, mic, <laughs> some mic drop moments there. No, it was really good stuff. Um, thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, we love you. We appreciate all your support. We can't do this without you. Uh, go check out his website. Go check out Forbidden Knowledge TV, his books, his documentaries, uh, some great stuff. Thank you for joining us, Billy. Thank you, guys. We love you, and good night. All right, peace.